0: You're listening to The Sermon Podcast by First Christian Church in Wadsworth, Ohio. Our Tide series focuses on witness and wonder. We hope you find it meaningful.
1: Our scripture this morning is from 1 John 1 to 2. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Christ Jesus. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And the second reading is from John 20:19 to 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. So ends the reading of the Holy Word.
0: Just like I told the kids, Easter isn't over. We are now in the season of Tide, the seven Sundays of Easter, which lead up to Pentecost. I didn't know that Eastertide was a thing until college. I was volunteering in children's church the week after Easter Sunday when my friend Haley, the children's pastor, explained to the kids that Easter wasn't over. That was news to me too. Even still, I didn't really understand why we took seven full weeks to celebrate Easter. I wasn't complaining about all the joy that came with it. Easter egg hunts and alleluias and powerful, passionate hymns. But wasn't the resurrection sort of a one-and-done thing? Wasn't one Sunday a year enough Easter? I think that biblical scholar Gail O'Day says it well, so I'll use her words to explain what Eastertide really means. Quote, Most Protestant Christians are not well attuned to Easter as a liturgical season. After Easter Sunday, Protestant church expectations return to something like business as usual. But nothing could be further from the case. The death and resurrection of Christ is the centerpiece of the Christian faith. And the liturgical year devotes seven Sundays, seven weeks, to this Easter season, culminating in Pentecost. Importantly, the Sundays of this season are referred to not as Sundays after Easter, but as Sundays of Easter. Sundays fully shaped and embedded in the Easter Gospel. For 50 days, the church lives into the reality of the resurrection, of what it means to be a community shaped by the dying and rising of Christ, by the expectation-shattering reality of life victorious over death, unquote. Attending this church, you're probably used to some liturgical seasons like Advent and Lent. These are times that are set aside for a particular purpose and with a specific focus. Eastertide is the same. This is not what the liturgical calendar calls ordinary time. We are in a season of resurrection tide feels appropriately timed this year. Though we are in most ways not back to business as usual, something has changed in the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated, businesses are reopening, and states are easing protocols. Our numbers are still high. But I can feel a change in the air, even through the mask I still have to wear. This is a resurrection season. Eastertide is also during the transition from winter to spring. The dead plants in my butterfly garden are starting to sprout back up from the ground. What was dead is rising again, and we can see it. The brightness of blooms where before there was only dirt and snow. We can smell it that sweet stink that permeates where, and makes our allergies flare up. We can hear it, the chirping of birds outside our windows. We can feel it, the chill in the air departing, making way for the warmth that is required for new things to grow. This is a resurrection season. But I wonder, could the disciples feel it the way that I do? Did the change ignite their senses? I don't think so, at least not at first. When we get to our scripture for today, we find the disciples locked away behind closed doors, seeking security and familiarity in a time where their lives were at risk. But even there, In their hidey-hole meeting space, new life breaks through. They had heard the news from Mary, but who would believe a tale like that? Not until Jesus is there, appearing in their midst, do they know the truth. Jesus is risen. And he says, peace be with you in that way that Jesus does. The marks of death are still on his body. They recognize him as much by his wounds as by his words. But he is not just there to give them proof of the resurrection. He is there to give them a new role in this new world. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, he says. And then he does something that would not fly in these pandemic times. He breathes on them. But this breath isn't carrying a virus. It holds a blessing and a charge. Receive the Holy Spirit, he says. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. There is power in that breath. In those words, you have a job to do, he says. This is a resurrection season. But poor Thomas, he wasn't there. He didn't witness the wonder of the risen Christ. And because of that, he gets a bad reputation. Doubting Thomas, we call him. All he wanted was what everyone else had already received. Wouldn't you want it too? To see him for yourself? Embodied and alive. Thomas gets his wish. Jesus comes as he did before, mysteriously materializing through doors shut tight. And he says it again Peace be with you. And Jesus offers up what we chastise Thomas for desiring his risen, injured body, and that act of offering was enough. Thomas doesn't need to feel, for he has seen. His God, his teacher, his friend has returned to him. Despite what we may read into the text, Jesus doesn't scold Thomas for his unbelief. He allows him to be a witness And then he offers a blessing for all who don't get the same experience, yet will still find some faith in the stories soon to be told. For stories must and will be told. This is a resurrection season. I have to say, I'm a bit jealous of the disciples. The scripture goes on to say that they were witnesses of many great things left unwritten. This story is for our behalf, on our, for our benefit, that we too may believe in the wonder of a God embodied in human form, wounded, and bearing the marks of death, yet alive and in our midst. I wonder, what new life is breaking in now, in this season? What good news can permeate the walls and locked doors we've put between ourselves? What blessing can reach us where we're hiding? Because whether or not we admit it, we are afraid. And I don't just mean fear of COVID. So many of us have found our safe places. The beliefs and opinions that we lock up tight for fear that someone might try to change our minds. The silos of our one-sided news feed. The assurance that we are the ones who have it right. These places feel safe because they are familiar in a time where everything feels unprecedented. But how can we be witnesses to wonder If we're too busy shoring up our defenses, how can we build bridges when we've used all of our resources building walls? Luckily, Jesus isn't afraid of walls. Jesus is not afraid of locked doors. Jesus doesn't even bother knocking. Good news just comes right in. And this gives us an opportunity. Don't you see it? Don't you feel it? Don't you know? Something has changed. This is a resurrection season. Jesus meets us where we are, but he also calls us out of our locked rooms. We can't stay where we're comfortable. We have a job to do. We've been given a great gift. Just as Jesus gave Thomas and the other disciples, we have been given hope. And Jesus won't let us just be disciples. Jesus doesn't merely want us to follow. He wants us to lead. As the Father sent me, so I send you, he says. His disciples become apostles. And Jesus empowers them with the Holy Spirit. He gives them authority. Because Jesus won't be in flesh on earth forever. Jesus is still with us. But we are his hands and feet. So we are sent. Out of our safe places and into the messy, uncomfortable world beyond our doors. Because the world needs What we have to give hope, peace, joy, love, the promise of new life coming back over and over into our wounded, broken lives. And that new life truly is new. It changes things. Jesus didn't come back as he did, as he was before death. He still bears his scars. He came back changed by what the world did to him. But the awful wounds of death were transformed into a living testimony. Death was conquered and love prevailed. That's good news that we are called to tell, that it gets better, that even in our current state of division and isolation, There is potential for something new and so much more beautiful. We are called to be witnesses of the good news. Because the truth we have to share is powerful enough to break down dividing walls and rebuild them into bridges. The truth that we have to share is powerful enough to bring people from disconnection into community. The truth that we have to share is powerful enough to bring food to the hungry, justice to the oppressed, freedom to the prisoner, and love to the lonely. The Easter truth is that Christ is risen. Death has been overcome. We are forgiven and loved. Just as the disciples were called to be apostles, we too are called to be witnesses to this gospel truth. We have encountered wonder, and we are sent out to tell about it. This is what we will spend our Easter tide focusing on. Witness and wonder. Because this is a resurrection season. And we are a resurrection people. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for checking out our podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us online at fccwadsworth.org. There you can find our blog with sermon transcripts and more, as well as information about our church, including our beliefs and history, links to worship and give, and our many ministries with folks of all ages. We hope you'll also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You are welcome here.